What is up, everybody? It's Friday. You know what that means. It's another edition of Curveballs and Chair Shots. My name is Brandon Tanguma. Sitting electronically more than six feet away from me is my lovely and esteemed co-host, Dominic Hobson. Dominic, I think I know the answer to this question, but how are you doing today? I'm doing all right. Thank you for asking. What's wrong, Dominic? You sad? You yeah. happy? I'm I'm really sad because um this is horrible what's happening in the NBA man fucking LeBron James out of the playoffs. <laughs> just just absolutely hate to see it first time LeBron has ever been exited in the first round of the NBA playoffs. We will talk about that in a little bit. But Dominic, you have some big news. You posted an inspirational photo on the Instagram. If you're not following us on Instagram, Brandon Tenguma underscore big fluff 13 and curveballs and CS. I mean, just follow everybody. I was going to repost it on the curveballs and chair shots page, but you know, Dominic is a very private person, so I couldn't repost it. But if you want to follow him and see it, Dominic making some big money moves. He's working for AT&T conquered his fears of heights. As we talked about last week, he's a certified pole climber. And now if you live in the East Bay and you have AT&T and you need your, your, I don't know, your cords ripped out and, replaced <laughs> dominic I mean, is here to repair him i mean i'm totally here to climb a pole for anyone that wants to watch it if you know what i mean and pay adequate money to see it exactly brandon how are you doing i'm doing just fine i i'm a little bit in terms of work i'm kind of in between assignments so to be honest i did not work that much this week and it was fantastic Basically, uh, what I've been doing the past four days is just in my AT&T van, driving with some guy, and I just sit there and do nothing and watch. You know, and I will say today, shout out to my, I, I don't I guess he, he, he's just the guy that I shadowed, but shout out to Andre, fucking keeping it real. Been, been with AT&T for 13 years, telling me how it is. He's, he's a real one. Shout out, Andre. This podcast is for you. Did, does the entire East Bay wing of AT&T know about curveballs and share shots, Dominic? Oh, God, no. Because here's the thing. Um, I can actually be fired for the shit I say on this now. Yeah. Why is that, Dominic? It's First Amendment rights, and you can say whatever you want, right? Um, no, because they have, like, a social media clause where, like, I... I at pretty much at all times I'm representing the company. So if I was to start saying some, let's just say for an example, I want to make this clear. This is an example. If I said some homophobic things, some racial things, technically, if someone was to be like, Oh, Hey, you have an employee who's homophobic or, or racist, whatever they can fire me for it. So happy pride month, Dominic. Yeah. (laughs) Too bad. We're not going to the game. You really want that, that pride towel, huh? I do want that pride towel so I can put it in my little pride fanny pack. I can just be a great Lays fan. But yes, happy Pride Month to everybody out there. Love is love. All that other good, fun stuff. So unfortunately, I I love you too, Dominic. I guess that means we have to put to bed the Asuka accent. We're never going to hear it again. 
It was a one-time only thing. And now that Dominic is representing the AT&T brand, it's a sad, sad day. But I mean, let's, let's be, be honest, honest here. We're going to get a drunk Dominic sooner rather yeah. than later. Yeah. And he might say a few, a uh, few things, but we're just, we're here. Okay. Everybody, all the millions and millions here. This is a pack between all of us. If Dominic says some dumbass shit. That's a little questionable. We keep it under wraps. All right. Yeah, don't tell. Don't, AT&T. don't cancel me, man. Come on. I, I, I need this to better my life. I need this job, not just to better my life. Not my fiance, aka studio audience, and not the mascot, my son, my dog, but I need money to better the podcast. I got. I'm the only. You know, I'm not trying to say Brandon hasn't funded this at all, but let's be honest. I funded majority of it. All the stickers and the designs, all me. Yes, because Dominic definitely the microphone he's holding right now. He paid for. I'm sure it's coming soon. Exactly. Uh, whatever. But uh, anyways, let's get on into it. We got to do it. We got to do the MLB standings slash news around the league over in the american league east the tampa bay rays still standing atop that division 36 and 22 getting a little bit of breathing room two games ahead of the boston red sox and the yankees 31 and 26 four and a half back but not a good weekend series for them as they were swept by arguably the worst team in the american league dominic's world series champion detroit tigers dominic your thoughts would you like to circle the wagon right now and, you know, get on your high horse about your Tigers sweeping the Yankees this weekend or last week? I mean, I'm not I'm not going to I'm not going to sit here and toot my own horn that, you know. It was going to happen, but let's be honest, I told what I said last week, the Yankees have not been the same. Since most of their legends and more importantly, since Derek Jeter has retired, they have not been the same. So I'm just going to leave it at that. I was unfortunately, I think, one of those people that got caught up in the hype train of the Yankees to where, oh, they're the New York Yankees. They're going to be fine. They, you know, one thing led to another last year. They should have been in the World Series. But now looking back on it, I do kind of feel that was a stupid pick of me to make them win the pennant when they didn't really make any, like, additions. For the most part, everything was just retaining talent. And we're seeing, once again, if they get hurt, then just everything falls apart. And they are not hitting the ball whatsoever. I mean, they're like down in the bottom and like average and run scored and everything like that. And they're not living up to the Bronx Bomber names. But still, they, they're five games above 500. I mean, fighting for a wild card spot. If I, I don't have the actual wild card standings in front of me, but I believe the Astros... And the Red Sox are holding those spots. I'm just trying to do some math, but they uh, actually it's Cleveland and Houston hold. Actually, I take that back. Boston and Cleveland. Oh, okay, okay, Dominic. Well, if you if you want if you want to be technical here, so, sorry, sorry. You know, I saw the 31 wins of the Astros and I got excited. Mm-hmm. But technically, if we are going to go off percentage, Cleveland does have a higher winning percentage. So thank yes. you, Dominic. For, yes, you for know, I, I, I'm staying up to date. AKA have it right in front of my face, so I can't really fuck it up too much. Yeah, you know, now I, I used to write all the MLB articles, but now we're, we're they're making me write NFL stuff in the middle of June. Why? I don't know why. I don't exactly because you're agree a football with it, but... genius. You're going to be the next fucking Bill Belichick watch. I am an expert on Super Bowl halftime shows and Detroit Lion and uh, Cowboy Thanksgiving Day history. So if you need to know about Thanksgiving Day history but with those two teams and the Super Bowls from the 2010s, I'm your man. 
just just to let everybody know i just spilled some beer in my belly and rubbed it in all nice and get all gliss gliss glissery glycerin glissery i don't know dominic off the top of your head what would you say is the number one super bowl halftime show of the 2010s do you do you remember any of them are you really of the a 2010s bowl? are you a halftime show guy i mean you know the only super bowl halftime show that matters was too heavy for halftime yeah yeah but uh I mean, my favorite. I mean, Bruno was pretty good, I guess. Okay. okay. I'll I go think with Bruno. It, I'll I, I say, fuck with, it, Bruno. I went with Beyonce 2013, you know, girl power and everything like that. But uh, I don't care for Beyonce. Overrated. Whoa, 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 whoa. Overrated. Dumb, dumb, dumb. I'm canceled. Yeah, we just went over the fact you can't be saying some dumbass shit, and now you're just out here saying that Beyonce is overrated. I mean, that might not be homophobic or racist or anything like that, but it's just dumb. That might be grounds for firing. If I'm I mean, I mean, the, I, bee, I, I, the beehive is gonna come for your ass. Go ahead. I mean, I don't think you want the beehive coming for you. I love bees, but just not Queen Bee. Yes. Yes. Then moving on to the central, we got the Chicago White Sox still leading the. Cleveland Indians, which I've been told recently that they are a wildcard team, 30 and 24. They are three games back in the Royals. I mean, I'm not saying don't sleep on them, but they've definitely bounced back from the atrocious losing streak. They were on a few weeks ago. They are five or five games back, 28, 26 Tigers. They are not in last place anymore. So good on them after the sweep of the Yankees and the twins, poor, poor, poor Minnesota. So I got my twins and my Yankees, my division winners, I believe, not in the best of shapes, but, you know, here we go. Dominic, do you think the White Sox and Cleveland also are kind of taking advantage of this weak division? And when it comes to the playoffs, are we going to see them kind of falter and just be boosted up because they are facing the Twins, Tigers, and Royals? Probably most likely, yes. But, I mean, one, th- one thing you can't take away from the White Sox is how well they've been performing lately. Um, their pitching has been great. They've just been really firing in all cylinders. Um, Cleveland has come back from what they were playing at, at the beginning of the year. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure Cleveland and Chicago will, uh, will, will be where they're at, but later in the year in playoffs might be a different story. Then moving over to the American league West, the Astros and the athletics both have 25 uh, losses, but the A's have two more wins at 33 and 25 that gives them a game advantage and i was going to check they are playing the colorado rockies currently are they actually winning or are they losing they are winning right now currently 2-0 in the middle of the second so good on them uh the astros a game back 31 25 the a's i mean it was an okay you know we went to the game on friday they won the first two games lost the last two games so that one was a split then they lose to the uh, first game Against the Mariners, so shaky in the beginning of the week, but they're able to come back nicely, win the uh, next two against the Mariners, or yeah, against the Mariners, and now they are seemingly in a good spot to beat the the Rockies, the Astros. They're doing they're doing fine. I think the Astros will be perfectly fine where they are, but uh, you know both these teams are kind of they have good records. Don't get me wrong, but sometimes they are prone to have some lulls, as the Astros losing to the Rangers showed a couple weeks ago. Well, I mean, and. I'm just going to speak frankly here, but it's also the fucking A's, dude. They have the tendency of when things are going good, 
somebody just keeps pissing in the wrong bucket and just screws everything up and then they fall to second, third, and then they have to fight their way back to the top. You know, so I I'm as much as I want the A's to win the, the division, I got a feeling they're gonna they're gonna drop one or two crucial games and they're gonna be in a wild card spot and then we're gonna be back where we were two years ago and crying like babies. The starting rotation of the A's has been just phenomenal. Jesus Lazardo's back from his broken finger or whatever from raging on the controller. And uh, he's in the he's in the bullpen because everyone in the rotation has been doing fantastic right now. I mean, Sean Manaya, CG Shetpiece the other day, Chris Bassett, CG Shetpiece last week. And the bullpen is the bullpen. It's solid. It's maybe not as overpowering as it was last year with Liam Hendricks leading the way, but uh, the the starting rotation definitely has stepped its up, especially with the lack of production one through nine from the, from the lineup. I mean, especially Matt Chapman. I mean, God, he's flirting with the Mendoza line right now. So hopefully he can get things rolling, but I'm not saying I'm losing faith in him, but luckily he has a platinum glove at third base to where he's kind of valuable right now. I think that's the only thing that's going to keep him around. I mean, cause isn't, I think I want to say him and Olsen are both up at the end of the year for free agency, right? Uh, no, no, I thought they were. They are. I believe they are locked in for a few more years. But if you no, rambling, I, Dominic, I can get you uh, the because uh, no, the only reason, the only reason I bring it up was because I believe last year, since uh, yeah, I want to say it was last year because it was Simeon's last year, and like oh, you know, you know, they can't offer him the bag because you know you got to offer it to the mats next year or something like that, and I'm pretty sure they want to keep the mats. So I'm 99% sure they're free agents at the end of the year or something close to that. So, Well, let's see. He is he's a free agent in 20, Matt Olson. He, is, he signed a one-year deal. So this is, I think this is what gets you confused because he's signing okay. one-year deals and arbitration, everything like that. But he mm-hmm. is a free agent in 2024. Oh, okay. So they sign the one-year deals and there's arbitration and, you know, economic things. Too many, too many economics, right, Dominic? Oh, let's not start that again. Exactly. But uh, so Matt Olson's 2024. And if I can look up Matt Chapman real quick, I believe he is a year earlier because I think he came up the year before. Nope. Same year, 2024. He is ARB okay. eligible in 2022. So uh, right now he's only making $6.49 million, but he's Oh, oh I mean, God, that's so little. I know, but I, well, the way he keeps playing right now, let's see what's he at a two hundred five batting average. He he'll get an increase, but it's not exactly the increase I think he was looking for, especially with uh, his agent. I fuck, I forget what his name is, but he's the big marquee agent that Bryce Harper and you know all the big timers have. So he's let's be going on, to let's get a be lot honest. If the A's don't give him what he's worth, he's walking. Let's be honest. I mean, let's be honest. They they're walking regardless. We already know that. Yeah. So. Good night. Nice. Nice knowing you guys. Good players. I'll follow your careers. Mm-hmm. Let's move on over to the National League East. The New York Mets still there. They actually have a better record now since the last time we saw them. 27 and 22, getting a little bit of breathing room in the East. Three and a half up over the Braves and the rest of the division is below 500. The Braves 26 and 28. Phillies 26 and 29. Marlins 24, 31 and the Nationals. Poor, poor Nationals, 23 and 30. The Mets, they continue to get the job done. Hitting the ball, it's not exactly pretty, but you got DeGrom, and DeGrom is just unbelievable right now. I mean, 
as Trapdoor to Hell said, he's going to have to die for him not to get the Cy Young. And even if he does die, I think they'll still give it to him because he was just that phenomenal. Uh, Dominic, your thoughts on the East, and we'll talk about the Braves uh, in a little bit. Well, I mean, I have to agree with everything you and even I'll be nice today, even what Trapdoor said with the Garam and how well he's been playing. Um, you know, it, it, it's to me, I'm, I'm not I'm not predicting it. I'm not saying, but it's a small possibility it's like that that tenth of percent. It's still anybody's division when you're only six games back. It's a possibility to you might be able to sneak into a wild card spot. You never know. So I'm not counting out anyone, but I'm pretty sure the Mets have a lock on it and the Braves probably a lock on number two. So I'm, I'm, you know, but keep, keep an eye open. You never know. Philly might get hot. Marlins might get hot. Nationals might get hot. You never know. Just be careful. It's only six games. You never know. But the Braves, I was kind of weary about them. They have their starting pitcher injuries. And then Marcelo Zuna goes down with a broken finger and he's out for a couple months. And now Marcelo Zuna is seemingly out of the game of baseball indefinitely because he was arrested for uh, domestic battery and strangulation. And all of this happened in front of a police officer. So it's not he said, she said a cop literally saw this take place and he was strangling his wife and he was beating her with his cast from his injury and just you know, fucking god awful, you know, fuck Marcelo Zuna and all that other stuff. But the shitty part is for the Braves is until he's put on like the commissioner's exempt lists or anything like that, they're on the hook. Like they still have to pay him. They can't just cut bait with him and say, you know, you're a disgusting piece of shit and we're just not going to pay you. That's not exactly how contracts work. Too many economics. And so they are on the hook and you know, we'll talk about the baseball aspect, obviously, but this this does help. This does hurt the Braves a whole hell of a lot because he was a damn good player and he was gone injured and I was he's gone forever. Well, I mean, my thing is, especially this day and age, you think somewhere in contracts going forward to be like, hey, if you get arrested for domestic violence or, you know, anything to a certain degree, you know, if it's like, oh, weed possession, maybe you know, slap on the wrist or something like that. I know it's probably a lot stricter than that, but I'm just saying, you know, there should be somewhere in the clause where like if you are, you know, convicted of this you are it is a goodbye see you later we ain't giving you shit or suspension until proven innocent or guilty you know because you know i i will say there have been maybe a hand not even a handful of times where someone's been falsely accused you know but i will say you it's know hard to be accused when a well no i'm not i'm not saying that right he's been accused. i'm not yeah i'm not saying that but you know i'm saying like what if this was a heat you know an ex-girlfriend who just got, you know, he broke up with, you know, I'm just saying as an example, he breaks up with his girlfriend or what, or divorces his wife. And well, you're, you're an asshole. He hit me. You know, it's one of those things where falsely accused. Okay. Let's, let's look into it. We're going to suspend you. We're not going to pay you until you come back innocent and then we'll give you what you owe. But if found guilty, you're, we're not getting you shit. That, that's where I wish MLB and owners and people will start being a little more smart, you know, save them some money and also you know, make sure these these players are understanding that at, if you fucking lay a finger on your wife, girlfriend, boyfriend, whoever, you're fucked. Yeah, I mean, this is it's always going to be a tricky situation when you come to domestic violence and stuff like that. I mean, Yasiel Puig, he's out of the league for an alleged incident that is like very 
tricky and it seems like the the lady was either lying or not telling the entire truth and he's been gone he's playing in mexico and now he's suing her for like 10 million dollars or something like that and i i mean i definitely understand where you're coming from and with the players union as strong as it is they're gonna look out for their guys but then also there's got to come to a point to where you gotta you know put it somewhere the union and the owners got to come together and be like look if there's like some sort of domestic uh, if it's like an actual suspension then that should be terms enough to void the contract and we have the 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 talks coming up at the end of the year so maybe that's something i mean you know let's get the universal dh and some some stricter punishments strike strike wife beaters. strike strike no strike. we don't want to strike dominic oh. baseball is kind of in a good position right now okay sorry the widespread cheating scandal of uh, the sticky stuff which i mean we've been on the forefront and it's kind of come to a head these past couple of days Coming head, what? Dominic, no stupid shit. I mean, at least I, I, I can at least stupid. I mean, at least bury it like in the wrestling portion. Because let's be honest, who really listens to the wrestling portion of the podcast? I mean, I'm sure I there's mean, just certain. I can name at least one person who listens to the whole entire thing, and we are very appreciative of you. That one, Mr. Person. X. Thank you. Yes, thank thank you, Mr. X, because uh, yeah, I mean, especially when we get like drunk Dominic and he just progressively gets worse and worse by the time the wrestling pos- the wrestling portion of the podcast hits. It's uh, it's, it's no it's, hold. It's looking quite that way. I'm already on the second beer. I got a, a truly lemonade to wash down the two beers. I might go get another one. I don't know. No belching beavers because you left them shits at my house. Yeah, fucking that shit was nasty. Moving over to the National League Central, those Cubbies, they are uh, on a stretch right now. They have won eight out of their last 10, and they are sole possessors of the NL Central, 32 and 24. They have a game and a half up on the Cardinals. They're five and five in their last 10, so they're just kind of sitting at 500 right now. Uh, The Brewers sticking around two games back and Mr. X's reds, unfortunately have uh, kind of fallen off a little bit five and five as well, but uh, they're down 25, 29 and uh, the pirates. I mean, God bless the pirates, 21, 34, 10 and a half back. <laughs> God bless the pirates. It's like, man, y'all shouldn't even be a team anymore, but you know, I mean, they should have been relegated after that hobby bias play. Let's be honest. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's, it's sad that I still see it on my newsfeed on Instagram and Facebook. It's just like how terrible of a play that was and everything. It's just terrible. But anyways, going to the Cubs. Yeah. Cubs have been kicking ass. Uh, almost said Seattle, St. Louis though. I, I think St. Louis is going to win the division. I don't care how well Chicago's playing. St. Louis is going to fucking come up on top. I already know it. And Milwaukee's just going to dangle. Yeah. I mean, I kind of agree with you. Cardinals are playing, you know, kind of average, maybe a little bit below what you expect them to do, but the Cubs are just playing out of their minds right now and playing fantastic ball. I don't expect that to keep up for the remainder of the season. There's a team around here in the Bay Area that's kind of seemingly doing the same thing, and they just can continue to roll. So maybe the Cubs are able to to keep it up, but on the bat, on kind of the negative aspect for the Cubs is it seems like they are trying to be in a rebuild and sell off some pieces, and Chris Bryant having an MVP caliber season maybe he's having such a great season that he's carrying the team to a division title, but I don't think that's exactly what the Cubs want. They want him to be really good, but still have a trash team to where they're like where the Brewers are in third place. And maybe even the Reds where they're below four, 500 and they can trade them, but can't exactly, you know, tear it down when you're in first place. Cause Wrigley will ride if that happens. Well, yeah, but here's the thing though. 
don't you think if you're playing better, you're worth more? So if, you know, let's say they win the division, but they get eliminated first series, first or first, second series, doesn't that kind of add a little value to you? Be like, hey, well, I got this guy who, you know, led this team basically to the division. It's like, come on, he's worth something, right? Yeah, but then when he's a free agent at the end of the year and he's asking for a shit ton of money, you don't exactly want to pay that kind of money. Then, you know, you're just sitting there with your dick in your hand and nothing else to your name. Hey, that that's that's a good time. There you go. Moving on over to the National League West. Those Giants, they retake the first spot. They are 35 and 21, a game up on the Padres and two games up on the Dodgers. Dominic's Colorado Rockies, 12 and a half back, and the Diamond Bats are 16 back. But the Giants, good bounce back series against the Dodgers this past weekend after losing whatever it was, two out of three, getting, no, getting swept a couple weeks ago. They come back, went three out of four. So big, big bounce back and statement for them to say, we're, we're still around. They're seven and three in their last 10. Both the Padres and the Dodgers are five and five. So that explains why they have overtaken the lead. I mean, Dominic, we, we keep talking about it. The Giants are still here. You know, it's something, it's quite funny that, you know, you said that they're still here because I feel like they're trying to think of the best, that really good expression. I feel like they're like that, that friend that's at your house. You just can't, you know, you don't want to tell them, hey, go home. But you also are like, "Eh, I don't want them fucking here anymore. I feel like that's the Giants this year that they, they, they go all the way down to second or third place. And you're like, okay, they're done. And the next, you know, next time you look at the standings, they're in first. It's like, what the fuck? Like, are you guys actually that good? Or are you guys just sneaking out wins? But I mean, if you saw anything from the Dodger series, they're playing pretty damn good. So I don't expect the Giants to win the division, but most likely a wild card for sure now. I don't exactly call myself a Giants hater. Yeah, as an A's fan, they're, they're the rivals, but I don't hate them that much but i mean i definitely was a doubter at the beginning of the season and now i've come i've come around to them i mean brandon crawford he's he's doing the thing buster posey just went in the way back machine and he's doing the damn thing as well and the pitching pitching's phenomenal starting pitching's phenomenal bullpen a little shaky but they've been over able to overcome that because the lineup is just fantastic and i don't think that's something people really saw especially with kind of the aging veteran leaders they got on there but uh, Padres, they're, I mean, the Padres are doing exactly what we thought the Padres would do. They're 35 23. They're in a great position. Dodgers kind of falling off because of the injuries, but with Belly back, Mookie needs to get things going. Pitching staff, bullpen not exactly doing the best. So, I mean, Padres are exactly where we were. Giants overachieving. Dodgers kind of underachieving right now. Well, I feel like if, if you want to take anything away, if you look at the NBA, Lakers last season won in the bubble. Dodgers last season won in the bubble. Lakers got eliminated. I feel like the Dodgers are just the same thing as the Lakers. Bubble win doesn't show that you're a top team, and it's showing. So you're telling me LA is just a bunch of bubble boys? Bubble back bitches. Speaking of the NBA, let's move on over into the NBA playoffs. We pretty much have them all set. And of course, I think because there's a game on, the NBA website just wants to absolutely take a shit on me and not showing the playoff bracket. People, come on. Help me out here. Eh? Eh? 
There it is. So everything is pretty much set in stone for the conference semis. We have one game underway right now, which I guess we can talk a little bit about. The Dallas Mavericks and the Los Angeles Clippers. Are they bubble back bitches, Dominic? I'll take that as a no. Okay, I mean, you're the one that's going after the LA teams. But Dallas currently leads the series and the game. Right now, Dallas up three games to two in game six. They have a slim two-game lead over the Clippers. I mean, obviously, we're not going to just go in depth and break the game down and make a prediction or anything like that. But, Dominic, would you like to break the game down and make a prediction? Dallas Mavericks. Because Luka is a GOAT. Okay, okay. I mean, I agree with you. Fuck, I can't even remember who I picked. But I'm pretty sure I picked the Lakers or the Clippers. So, I guess I got to ride... Ride with them. Ride with Kawhi, even though I'm not exactly feeling it all that much. Whoever wins will go on to get trounced by my Utah Jazz because they did uh, put off the uh, gentleman's sweep over the Memphis Grizzlies, beating them 4-1. to one. I mean, pretty much what we expected. Memphis put up a good fight at the beginning. I believe they took game one and continued their momentum, but unfortunately the Jazz just took over and they're just too talented right now. You know, I, I'm not going to take anything away from Utah, but going against the Mavericks. I feel like that's, that, that's going to be a great matchup, but I'm going to give the victory to the map. I mean, I, I'm putting the, you know, what, what what's the, the, the say on the cart before the horse or car before whatever it is? Come on, you got this. Yes, you're putting the cart before the horse because, you know, you put a horse in front of the cart to drive. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, so I'm putting the cart before the horse here, but Mavericks, Jazz, I think the Mavericks are just better off and all positions so you know sweep so if i were to take a playbook out of trapped order how would you say that i guess you wouldn't because you're saying it's a sweep but what if you're looking at the conference semis right now dominic what would you say would be the series to watch oh series to watch yeah and I, I know watch. you i know you remember all of them but i'm just going to read them off beforehand you got the i got this i got this i got this you got okay okay well most likely it's going to be dallas and uh uh, utah 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 jazz Jazz. and then you're going to have the suns and the nuggets and then you're going to have on the east you're going to have the books and are they playing the nets correct and then you have atlanta and oh What's the other team? The number one seed in the East. The Sixers. There we go. Series to watch will be probably Bucks and Nets, just because you have Giannis, Katie, Harden, or you know, you have all the stars on that team. But you got you can't take away from what Devin Booker did this weekend. I mean, this uh just the other day, maybe the Suns and uh Nuggets. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, I think all four of these are kind of shaping up to be really fun. I'm excited to see exactly what Atlanta can do against Philly, but I think I agree with you. Milwaukee and Brooklyn is going to be a lot of fun. Denver and Phoenix, that's a question mark. I mean, Jamal Murray, he's out. We thought maybe the the Nuggets wouldn't be that great, but they, they've played fantastic. I mean, beating the Trailblazers 4-2. to two. Uh, I'm going to ask an honest question, Dominic, because I was thinking about this. How come everyone's clowning on LeBron when he has the built-in excuse that he ha- he doesn't have AD, you know, he doesn't have a lot of people around him, but then, you know, Damian Lillard comes out, he loses in the first round, 
he doesn't have the the history that LeBron does. How come Lillard seems to get a pass when he gets bounced in the first round? You know that, that that's a good question. I would say, you know, and I'm not he's facing get, he's facing a quote unquote weakened Nuggets, and he has his full team. I'm not going to take anything away from what Damian Lillard has done. I mean, I think he's a phenomenal player, definitely top tier. If he's not, if he's not the bottom of the top tier, he's definitely top of the second tier. Uh, I, but he hasn't done nearly anything as LeBron has done. LeBron has been the villain since he opted to go to Miami. So he, you know, it's just the star power people. LeBron is it's fucking LeBron James. You ask anybody who LeBron James, Oh, he's a basketball player. Some people don't know who Damian Lillard is still. Um, so I, I think it's the fact that LeBron has been in the finals, what fucking every year almost now, or he's been at least in, you know, the conference, uh, not conference, the um, not conference, uh, conference finals. Or he's been like at least the conference finals every year, at least or something like that. So it's, it's the fact that Lillard can't usually get past the first or second round. LeBron has been into the fucking, he's won how many fucking rings, countless rings. So it's kind of like, you know, it's LeBron. People don't know who Dame, Damian Lillard is. People barely know who the fucking Trailblazers are. I mean, come on, let's be honest. They haven't really been, you know, winning titles for, you know, fucking 20 years. The Trailblazers are kind of like everyone's little brother. We like Dame, especially out here in the Bay Area. You know, we got the Oakland ties. Warriors aren't in it, so they're kind of like the Bay Area second team, I guess. But, I mean, I understand what you're coming from. It was more just like a question. I, I, I do kind of agree that it is just more LeBron than actually Damian Lillard because – I mean, Nuggets are still a, a pretty damn good team, and the Phoenix Suns are probably an even better team than the Nuggets are. But uh, so yeah, I mean, I'm always being the Miami Heat fan. I'm going to be a more of a LeBron James apologist and not going to be a hater. But it is kind of weird to not see him play in the playoffs. Yeah, he didn't make it the first year with the Lakers, and he had kind of some trash teams when he was a rookie. With the, well, he was hurt. The Cavaliers the first season in the Lakers, wasn't he? Yeah. So yeah. I mean. For, Pretty much his entire career, except for what two seasons, three seasons, if you're going to count this year, LeBron has always been in the mix. And it's, and it's not like, I mean, yes, he's older. He's not exactly what he was a few years ago, but he's still LeBron James. And you can see it in the game six. Like he had flashes of just pure dominance, but it's just at 36 years old, he can't play 40 minutes consistently. And especially, you know, in the first round, you're seeing him kind of fall off a little bit. He can't keep that up for the entirety of but, the playoffs but my thing though is people say like oh he didn't have ad a healthy ad if lebron in my opinion if lebron is considered our goat of our generation why the fuck does he need ad he should be able to fucking turn it on and fucking win the game curry did it with i mean yeah you can say curry has thompson uh, when they won the first title he had thompson and and draymond and stuff like that like okay that, that, that i would take that as an exception but I feel like three know, Hall of Famers. Who does LeBron James have in the Lakers without AD? I mean, but that's the that's the thing, though. You, I, I honestly don't. I think saying that oh he didn't have AD. If he had AD, it was gonna be a, it was gonna be a lock. I feel like if you're the greatest of all time, you don't need having that person. Yeah, would be great. It would help you out. You don't have to work as hard but he should have to work that much harder, have to give 110%, which I know Brandon is fucking impossible, but he would have to just go that extra step 
to win the game for his team. But I feel like, you know, it's an excuse. Oh, he didn't have AD. It's like, no, he should still be able to win the game. Honest question. What is, I know you're going to say like LeBron created the super teams, but when was the last actual team that was solely just like one player? Like, was it the Kobe Lakers, like in the like 2008 or whatever? Because for the most part, every team, every successful team has like two or three great players on it. I mean, it, it, I guess for me, it comes down to your definition of great. Are we saying how you said a couple of seconds ago, Hall of Famers? Because that's going to be a hard one to do. But I mean, let's be honest. I mean, Kobe, yeah, that that was 2000. 10 I think I would maybe say Kawhi with the Raptors like yes they had a really good team and it was kind of a deep team but 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 Kawhi Kawhi out of of that whole team Kawhi is the only Hall of Famer he was by far the star so kind of answered my own question but I mean outside of that outside of that I mean in my I feel like when the Celtics won you have Kevin Garnett Paul Pierce to me is not a Hall of Famer I don't think he I don't think he he did anything he had his moments, but he wasn't consistent, in my opinion. Um, so I, I would give it to the, the Celtics that one year they won. Um, Kobe with by himself with like Gasol and Odom and stuff like that. I'll give that to him as well. Um, yeah. Other than that, though, I mean, I can't really think of anything else. And we're definitely in the super team era, but let's move on to today's basketball. The Denver Nuggets will take on the Phoenix Suns on the seventh, which I can do math would be on Monday. So two uh, really fun young teams, Dominic. I mean, Chris Paul kind of, kind of took over. I mean, Devin Booker took over. So they're, they're two top guys. Uh, we're doing the thing on LA's court. What do you see this one going? This is a two, three matchup little weekend without Murray, but they showed against Portland. They can still succeed. I'm definitely giving this to the Suns. Um, as long as everyone stays healthy on the Suns. I know Paul had his issues in the first series, I think with his shoulder or something like that, but I'll give it to the Suns. If Devin Booker and Chris Paul can keep doing what they're doing, it's a lock. And I'll agree. I was very impressed with what I saw with Book. I mean, Book is one of those kind of underrated guys that he doesn't get a lot of love because he played on the on the Suns you know, when they were trash and now they got CP3 and now he's stepping up and having like an all-time career game in game six in the Staples Center to close it out against LeBron. Not saying he's a made star, but I mean, he's definitely on the come up. Then Dominic series to watch. And I think I'd agree with them. The Milwaukee Bucks taking on the Brooklyn Nets. This probably is kind of, I would maybe say the pseudo uh, Eastern finals right here. The Bucks got Giannis. Brooklyn got their big three. They kind of looked, both of these teams looked un- unstoppable. Unfortunately, the Bucks did sweep the, the, the Miami Heat, but we're not going to talk about that. Uh, the And the Nets beat the Celtics four games to one Dominic what do you see here you know I feel like if you if you look at the Bucks in Miami series I feel like Miami just you know I, I I'm gonna say that was a fluke series I I will give your Miami Heat the the exception I feel like that was a fluke series because Miami last season was definitely hard to beat and for some reason they just couldn't do anything this series so I want to say it's a fluke so I will say it's going to be a gentleman sweep with Brooklyn going over. Okay. Okay. I think it's going to be more competitive. I'm not just trying to be a homer right now, but I do agree that the the heat exactly did not play up to their capabilities. Even Pat Riley said like their 
kind of worn out because of making the deep run in the bubble and then kind of having a quick turnaround this season. So I think the Miami Heat were exhausted and it definitely played out in this uh, series, but I'm going to go with the Bucks. I think because I picked them to make it to the final. So, you know, I got to ride or die with my team, but uh, the Nets are really scary right now. And as long as all three stay healthy and there's no like Kyrie shenanigans or anything of that nature, this is going to be a really tough series, but it's also going to be a really fun series to see what Giannis, if Giannis can kind of put the team on his back and he can be kind of the one star player, you know, solo player team and see what he can do. How come we, I mean, I, I don't want to talk about it because I know when I say it, you're going to be like, well, let's talk about it then. But how come we didn't talk about Kyrie stepping on the Celtic leprechaun motherfucking face thingy made you be boo boo boo? Uh, there's just so many storylines to talk about. It just it went on over. Kevin Garnett did uh, not take. Uh, he was pissed. He was he was very angry. And I, I mean, I agree with it. I mean, I know it's just a logo. It's you know it's just a gimmick and yada yada yada. It doesn't mean anything, but it does mean anything. I mean, when To did it uh, at Cowboy Stadium, he got got into some heat for it and uh, everything. I mean, we see it in all different kinds of sports and like it is kind of disrespectful and. I, I agree with KG on that one. Will, will we see the first net Celtic series next season? If, if That's if Kyrie's still on the team. You know how some people tend to just flip-flop whenever they want. But if he's still on the team next year and we have Kyrie and on the nets and you have a Celtics home game, will we see a hard foul? Yeah, probably. Probably. I can't wait to see that. Damn, Dominic just encouraging violence. Then the Sixers taking on the Atlanta Hawks. We got the one kind of, I guess we got to wait and see what the the Mavericks do. We get a 1-5 matchup. So uh, the only upset thus far in the playoffs. And Atlanta, I mean, they got Trey Young. I'm I'm loving all the the Trey Young TikToks on the, uh, on the, on the TikTok on the internet. If you, you know, follow us on TikTok, Curveballs and CS even though we don't post anything. But. Fuck Trey Young. I hope the Sixers beat the shit out of him. I cannot stand him, which, granted, I'm sure he loves it, but what he what he did in the garden, man, it's disrespectful. It's still real to me, damn it. Why do you hate Trey Young so much, Dominic? Because he's successful and yeah. he haunted, and then he yeah. just answers back. Yeah. And- yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yes. Just making sure. As much as I would love to see Trey Young just, you know, keep pissing off Dominic, I do think the Sixers will will get it done here. Good. I'm happy that you see my way finally. And Dominic wants the Sixers to kick Trey Young's ass because yes. he can't. I want to see it. a fucking 4 0 sweep. I want him crying like the little bitch he is. Okay, well, that'll do it for us in the sports section. Dominic, unless you have anything, no NFL news to talk about because um, nothing really happens so, except for so. yeah, except for more so. drama. You'll no say, Capitan. You'll no say. We got a big, big news to talk about in the wrestling. I would assume Mr. X might have a word or two to say about it. So let's go on over into the mailbag, otherwise known as Mr. X's questions of the week. Bum, bum. We actually do have a question off the Instagram. I'm going to go to it real quick. This is from Jane Oofery. Sounds so hot. Oh, my God. Thank you, Jane, for your question. So, uh, Dominic, uh, what did you think about that? Well, you know, it's hard to digest that question of that caliber. Um, 
such such a deep question. I'm going to have to. Re- uh, my response is going to be this. And that will conclude my response. I wholeheartedly agree with your response. So, yes, uh, someone just randomly, like, I don't know, put a space in the Instagram question thing. And it's just a blank, a blank white thing of nothingness. So thank just you, Jane. like me. Dominic is a blank white thing of nothingness. You just absolutely hate to see it. So let's go on over. What does Mr. <sighs> X have to say? Well, he has a boatload to say, buddy. And so he's going to start it off with a big old howdy. Que pasa? Remember the whole talk about Jesse Winker last week? Well, let's go ahead and add Nick Castellanos. I would like to, from the Department of Corrections, Nicholas Castellanos is the one that went diamond. Jesse Winker went from silver to gold. Okay. On MLB The Show. But let's add him to the conversation. Dude's killing it right now. So, Brandon, you already kind of alluded to it. He's technically better, right? I guess. I mean, I guess I can uh, run through the baseball reference page one time. But let's just say, I mean, Nicholas Castellano technically like started off at a better rate. But if we are going to, if I, I didn't want to spell Nicholas, but then I just type in Castellanos and then it just gives me like a bunch of like restaurants. But uh, all right, here we go. Nick Castellanos, his stats. He is batting 364. He has 31 RBIs and 12 home runs. If I can look it up right now, that batting average does lead the league and he has a 1062 OPS and his 125 total bases also leads the league. So uh he he's doing doing he's doing I right. Yeah, he's you know, I'm not gonna say you know he's he's an MVP or anything, but you know, he's 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 killing it. Yeah. Studions is here, she's mad that I'm drinking and I didn't open the window, so my room smells a little bit like BO's BO BO and booze. So boo Oof. Not bad. I mean, she's just a sensitive nose. <laughs> yep. Bless yeah. you. He said bless you. Right on cue. Anyways, so next question. Is the Lakers being knocked out of the playoffs plus LeBron's, LeBron's reaction to the loss afterwards a bad omen for the future of the team? Or is, just, or is this just a minor bump in the road? I don't think I would say it's a minor bump in the road, but I also wouldn't say like it's going to be a catastrophe. I think it falls somewhere in the middle. Not a good look for LeBron kind of walking off before the game's over or whatever. No, I guess that was a blowout the uh, couple games ago, but yeah, the Lakers, LeBron, you know, him and AD, I mean, his entire career, AD, it's always been about the injuries. And so it's like, can you really count on him? Does LeBron jump ship and go somewhere else? I don't even know what the fuck his contract status is. I think he's still on the team, but uh, he's going to go off and promote the hell out of the Space Jam movie. He's going to go play with the Toon Squad. So hopefully that little summer rep could uh, could help him out and he can bounce back. Maybe Bugs Bunny can can help him. I got I to be quick because stuff's popping off in the bedroom. Thoughts on the USFL returning? What's what's popping off in the bedroom? Noises. Ooh, what kind of noises? <laughs> well, I'll be honest. I did not know anything about the USFL returning, but I just a little quick Google search on the ESPN. It says that the USFL is relaunching in spring 2022 with at least eight teams. So at least eight teams, maybe a little bit more. And Brandon, j- just just to you know, if anybody's out there listening, can you explain what the USFL is? 
That would be the United States Football League. Dominic. And, you know, is this like a NFL? It'd be another, like... it'd be, it'd be another spring league similar to the oh. XFL. Oh, which I heard is coming back too, right? Mm-hmm. Shout out to The Rock. Apparently Fox has announced that it's going to be a, a partner, I guess. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. EA Ski. Hell fucking yeah. So, yep, there you go, Miss Trex. That's our uh, initial response because, to be honest, I had no clue. Yeah, oh, I mean, it's, it's he- fun. I mean, hopefully, I mean, XFL was kind of, I'm not going to say it was like a complete success before the pandemic and the whole world went to shit, but you could see some bright spots. I don't know yeah. what the XFL is doing in 2022, but if the US better have that fucking, you know, pick them thing where you can win like 25,000 because I was at the end of that, I was, I was hot. Down, like, you're always hot. Got like six out of eight, you know, I was like, damn, so close. But that is it for sports, unless you have anything um, before we jump into his West wrestling stuff. Do you have anything you want to add or anything? I have nothing. Good, because first he wants to congratulate Hangman Adam Page and his wife on the news of their first child. So congrats. Congrats, Hangman. I wonder if he's going to be hang hung like his dad. I don't know. It's, yeah, I guess it's stupid. Okay, Dominic. Dominic, quit talking about baby's penises. <laughs> Great. Um, don't know if you saw the report that the announcement of the releases were part of a mass text to all WWE employees that John Laurinaitis sent out simply stating that these people were being released due to budget cuts. And according to some other sources, we can expect more releases in the near future. Am I the only one tired of hearing about budget cuts when they're making more money than they ever have? And who do you think could be the next on the chopping block? Well, I'm not going to, you know, I... I don't I don't really want to speculate in my my whole thing. I don't really want to speculate and put the bad bad vibes out there because I know it's gonna happen. I'm gonna put it out there and it's gonna fucking happen. So unless you want to be the bearer of bad news, Brandon, be my guest. No, I'm not gonna really speculate on who it could be. And after this last John Cena. After this last dose of batches, after after this what the fuck did I even just say? After this last bat last batch of releases, I mean it kind of seemed it. It's like anybody is up for grabs. I mean, except for like Roman Lashley and Drew McIntyre, pretty much. It's like Braun Strowman was one of the top guys in the company and they just cut bait with him. Yeah, he was owed a lot of money, but the roster was already thin with people who were like utilized and useful on the on the roster and on TV and they just cut bait with him. So it's kind of like, I don't say everybody should be put on alarm, but. I but mean, if that... you're top one of your top guys and someone who's literally had a segment last week and it's being pushed in the intercontinental title picture, it's kind of like, hey, you, you got to make sure you're you got plans for the future, because if not, you're done. But the one thing that I am kind of. Not, not I'm not going to say I'm pissed off about it, but I'm going to I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm to say it. Fucking if they were if they do get rid of any other top talent it i mean i tweeted out when it happened it makes me i'm done watching wwe curveballs and chair shots tweeted which if you're not following us on twitter i mean it's a great follow curveballs i'm not saying that i'm not a fan of wwe i'm just saying they have lost my viewership i will still support them i will still you know i'll still watch some pay-per-views because i will come over to your house and drink your beer and eat your pizza but what I'm saying is I will not watch the Raw or SmackDowns anymore because of the fact that they they have mishandled such talent 
it is sickening. It is annoying. It is disres- to me, it's disrespectful. And for, for a company to say, oh, it's budget cuts. It's like, OK, we'll get rid of some fucking writers and executives. that don't do shit. Why are you going to keep them? Which they technically did. They released all those digital people. So we're seeing it in front of and behind the camera. And I mean, when it comes to their business, like I've kind of come numb to at this point of like the budget cuts. And I had a much more visceral reaction last year when it was the start of the pandemic and they release all these people. And it's like, we, we didn't know what was going on. We might, we were too optimistic thinking it was only going to be a couple months, but that one I had much more of a problem with. Now, when it comes to these ones, like they're shitty situations, obviously. And maybe some of them saw it coming. Maybe some of them kind of wanted to get released and everything like that. But the end of the, it, we're kind of seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. All of these people will land on their feet. There will be opportunities there if they want them. So I'm not going to sit here and like be fuck WWE and all these other things. But I mean, I can see where people. I will. From. Yeah. But Dominic will. So there you go. All right. I got to burp one second. Talks will, about something. Okay. Well, we will get more kind of in depth with the WWE releases and kind of go maybe one by one and kind of see where we see everybody land. But let's just get through the questions. Well, we got two left. Penultimate question. Where does the inner circle go from here? Now that their faces, do you see them feuding with the future? The pinnacle inner circle feud, I do not believe is over. You still have in the stadium stampede, you know, you saw everyone kind of split off. You still, there's still meat on the bones with, especially, you know, the tag team and MJF and Jericho. There's still things that you can do there. Now, when it comes to like Sammy and uh, Sean Spears and Wardlow and Hager, those ones, I could see them possibly going off into different directions. I don't know if those exactly have the legs to continue on, especially with Hager and Wardlow, where they've already done that before. So I could see those kind of going, you know, half of it staying where it is with the pinnacle and the other half kind of splitting off going somewhere else. But I mean, Sammy going after the TNT title with a storyline of trying to bring gold back to the inner circle could be something fun. Him and Miro. That'd be kind of cool. I, I, I would dig that. But, uh, you know, I, I, I don't think we'll see a full um, circle pinnacle uh, match again. I don't think that, but we will see, you know, at least, at least one more MJF Jericho match, at least. Um, and the last but not least question, is Shayna really going to fight an evil doll now? Why not? She cut a, a nasty promo on Lily and was like, you're just a doll. I'm not scared of you. Yeah. So does th- does that mean the doll's going to go over and Shayna is going to lose and we're going to really have to talk about this next week or whatever that a professional MMA fighter slash professional wrestler lost to a doll? I mean, she's already lost to a Cirque du Soleil performer, so might as well. Lose to a doll. Am I right? All right. That will do it for Mr. X's questions of the week. And friends, if you want to be just like Mr. X, which is kind of hard to do, my boy, by the way, Mr. X, I consider us boys now, you know, since you write in every week and, you know, and the, the logo and everything else, I consider us boys now. But, anyways, my boy, Mr. X, fucking made a sick ass Alistair. Sorry, can't say that name anymore. Mr. Tommy Ends t-shirt design and tommy 
we retweeted it and fucking loved it and fucking I was super ecstatic. So shout out Mr. X doing good shit. I'm really excited for you, man. Good stuff. As Mr. X uh, comes back from his, I don't even know what you call it, his, his banishment from Instagram. So as the situation says, the comeback is always greater than the setback. So there you go. It's just step one. By the way, if you get, you know, an autograph, you know, I'll totally like love you forever. Yes, because Dominic, big Alistair Black slash Tommy End fan, Tommy End fan here on the podcast. And let's just get into it. We have the releases. Uh, it came down on Wednesday, I believe, where we get Braun Strowman, Alistair Black, Ruby Riot, Lana, and Santana Garrett. Am I leaving anybody else, Dominic? No, I think you're good. Okay, so as we said, you know, big names from kind of the top of the card with uh, Braun Strowman all the way down to an NXT kind of enhancement talent with Santana Garrett. We just talked about Tommy End, so we will talk about him. He just re-debuted his Dark Father character on SmackDown, closing out the main event of the show, and then he just gets up and released. There was rumblings of Zelina Vega coming back. She was at the PC. I guess those are just squashed and gone now. Dominic, you've been kind of on the forefront of being a big Aleister Black fan. I've enjoyed his work as well. Loved him in NXT. I mean, the mm-hmm. Gargano match we saw in NXT uh, amazing. for War Games was fucking amazing. By far my favorite of that show. Uh, your thoughts on the release and where do you see him going from here? Terrible. I think this will hurt WWE in the long, long run because um, I feel like he he's one of those people. that He's kind of like a Seth Rollins. You can put him in any match. And he's going to fucking find something and blow you away. Um, where does he go from here? I know everybody wants him to go to AAW, which I'm fine with that. I'm also fine with him going. I'm fine with him going anywhere, realistically. I think he is a big name. You can use him to draw people in. So even if it's TNA, if it's uh, AAW, if it's Ring of Honor, if it's New Japan, if it's fucking back in wherever he's from in fucking the Netherlands or whatever, I don't know. Um He's a big name. He's worth it. Um, the The question that I have, and I just thought of it, which I know I'm probably going to get shit for it, but is it a possibility that they release them just to re-sign them in a few months and just be like, you know, oh, it's part of the storyline. We're going to release you and bring you back. Like, do you think that's something that WWE would do? stoop to that low to kind of swerve people? Or do you think this is literally they're done? Goodbye. Now, I wouldn't say that was a dumb question because there is a possibility of literally all these people returning back to WWE at some point or another. But when it comes to like the budget cuts, I don't see exactly, except for Braun Strowman, because Braun Strowman was making apparently a lot of money, like over a million dollars. I could see him possibly taking a budget cut to come back, but I just don't know his personality and what he's looking at in life. If that's something he wants to do, but kind of in totality, just because these people are released right now doesn't mean they won't be back with the company in the next two years or something like that. Because, I mean, I'm just looking at it. I feel like given the right talent, Ruby Riot could have been a women's champion. Given the right circumstance with fans maybe being back, Aleister Black, I wouldn't say, I mean, I would love to see him hold the title. I wouldn't say he would get it, though, I would say, but he would be a hell of an intercontinental or, or United States champion. Um, buddy, Oh, you left out Buddy Murphy. That's who you left out. I was going to uh, bring that up. 
he, oh my God, he, to me, one of the best wrestlers on was, he was one of the best wrestlers on, on, on that roster. So it's just one of those things where given the right angle, he could have, could have just been his voice crack. <laughs> thank you. I was hoping you were just going to not mention it. So thank you. Um, but yeah, we don't Murphy, shy away from things on the podcast from puberty. Yeah. I'm still going through the change. But uh, through the chain, is that is that what people call it, the chain? Can, can we get you a, can we get a uh, Dominic Hobson, a weekday cover of the Big Mouth theme? He's going through changes? Yeah, just like belt it and like sing it. It's going to be so beautiful. Oh, no, I don't want to scream in the microphone. That like Coach Steve? I don't know. A little, a little Bill Cosby. <laughs> be careful. <laughs> Anyway, so Alistair Black, Tommy, and I think for me personally, he is by far the one I am looking at the most. If I'm AEW, he can be a, a giant star. He is so talented in the ring, on the microphone. I mean, not exactly the best, but I think his character, his look is so different that it doesn't matter. But it all just comes down to exactly what he wants to do. Does he want to go back to the... Uh, you know, UK European scene because that place kind of seems so like deteriorated after WWE raided all the talent, the speaking out movement. Does he want to go over there and kind of, I mean, we, it's been over a year and we haven't exactly seen what the AEW indie relationship will be. So maybe he could do both, but I'm really excited to see what Alistair Black or sorry, what Tommy End can do. And I don't hope and wish any like one of these people goes to AEW because if they go, they're talented enough, no matter where they go, they're going to put on, you know, a fantastic show and going to buddy Murphy. Honestly, I think like him going to like impact or like some other, like kind of not, I wouldn't say lower tier, but you know, someone other than AEW, I think he could really shine because he's such a fantastic wrestler. I've never been like super, super duper sold on him. Like maybe some other people are like, kind of like what Dominic is like, but I mean, he's a, he's a great wrestler talking never really got that opportunity he's not the best but he's not the worst so i could see him possibly going outside of AEW. i mean he's talented enough that if he goes to AEW, he could succeed i don't see him being that top tier level like alistair black but him going to like an impact or an roh or i mean maybe nwa or like new japan i think he can be kind of like a bigger fish in a smaller pond you know and if that happens more power to him. I think anybody out of the whole, even the first two batches, I feel like anybody, well, everybody has a chance of, you know, making it big outside of WWE. So, so Braun, Braun Strowman, that one is, I wouldn't say I was super duper surprised by it because he has been utilized properly. He has been on TV that much. Like, yeah, he was at WrestleMania with Shane McMahon, but the entire storyline was them kind of burying him and making fun of how stupid he was, which was, Always very weird to me, and I guess this kind of makes sense because this is just something Vince, Vince McMahon does. He just likes to make fun and tear people down before he kicks them to the curb. Where do you think we see Braun Strowman? Because I think that's the biggest mystery. It's like any uh, shout out to the other podcast. The Bullet Cast put out something to where there was a quote from like 2020 or something where Braun Strowman says, once he's done with WWE, he's done with wrestling, which makes sense. I mean, he was kind of a throwback of a wrestler or a guy taken from outside the world of wrestling and just kind of plopped into it. He succeeded. 
wasn't you know the greatest wrestler, but he definitely showed improvements, showed improvements on the mic and everything like that. Do you see him going somewhere else? Because he was also very like anti-indies and like kind of tearing those people down as well. I part of me wants to think that he'll man up to his word and be like, all right, I'm done. But the other part of me, I think he's he was just kind of getting into the groove and everything. So I I, I don't think AEW will take him. Impact might take him. ROH might take him. I don't see anyone else taking him besides unless he's like all the smaller promotions around around the nation and stuff like that. So um, it's just a small chance he might retire, small chance he might not. But I do think he'll be back in WWE. I could see him be back in WWE. I don't see him being a good fit in AEW. Not only just because like the backstage things of him, what he said on the internet, but he's such a big guy that he's going to just tower over all the big perceived big guys in AEW. And he's just going to look, you know, make them look so small and kind of hurt them in the making. I could see him just kind of doing your local indie feds for maybe like the next year or two. And then he gets into acting or something, nothing like that. So I'm going to keep an eye out for Braun Strowman to see exactly what he can do because, you know, in the WWE bubble, maybe he could be better than what he was shown. But then also maybe because he was protected so much was the reason why he succeeded as well. Uh, That's actually a pretty smart statement, Brandon. Good job. Oh, thanks, Dominic. I, I try. So let's move on over uh, to the women. Uh, first with Lana. I mean, is it just kind of a foregone conclusion that she goes to AEW and pairs up with Miro? Or do you think she tries to do something on her own? I don't think AEW will take her. I feel like she, granted, her skills have come a long way. But I think they want more... I'm just going to say it's going to sound really fucked up, but they want more talented women than what she can provide. Um, unless she's strictly going to be a valet, which I think that's just eating up salary. So I don't think she'll go to AEW. I think she'll, if anything, do some independence. If not, I think she's an actor. So I'm sure she'll get back into acting. Maybe star of pitch perfect one and three. Yeah. Great. Not a big uh, pitch perfect fan, Dominic. I say I'm not a big fan, but I mean, I saw one, didn't see two or three. So, I mean, if that says anything. Damn, but uh, I'm not saying it's a foregone conclusion, but it's definitely like the best fit. But if you're looking at Miro and them wanting to keep him heel, I think having Lana with him is just going to be an even more uphill battle because especially like the the dynamic and kind of the the fun that they have, like on the internet, you can see how they interact with each other. I think it would just get them over his baby face. And I don't think that's what AEW wants. Now, kind of on the indie scene, I mean, I don't see Lana like as someone to just grind and, you know, do two a days on a Saturday and, you know, just work for a, I mean, she's not going to make, you know, she'll make more than just a hot dog, but, you know, just kind of grinding like that when she has much more, I think she'd have a better opportunities outside of the world of wrestling. I, I don't disagree with that. Um, I think it just, well, I mean, you also got to take into account. Maybe she doesn't want to wrestle anymore. Maybe she, with the release, she's like, you know what? Fuck it. I was given my all. My all's not good enough for WWE. Maybe it's not good for anyone else. I quit. I retire. So you never know. She might not want to do it anyways. She can put more effort into her fire TikToks. Yes, queen. Yes. Uh, then Ruby Riot. She's someone who never really got a, a fair chance i think this also shows like what the hell is going on with the women's division women's tag division because it was like you had the iconics you had the riot squad and then they're gone and you don't have any other like marquee tag team i mean the only like other tag team is 
what Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke and uh, Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler are doing their thing right now. So there's only like legitimately two tag teams in the entire WWE women's tag division. I mean, you forgot about Natal- the actual champions to tell you. And I was Tamina. counting them. I was counting oh, you the champs were? and Mandy and Dana. Then who else is that? Who else is outside of that? I mean, tech, if you want to be technical here, NXT female tag teams are considered it still, right? Or yeah, they, because... they have their own tag team division, so they could just knock them out. Okay, so... Um, fuck. Does that mean Liv Morgan's become a future women's champion now? We've been waiting for it. She had, like, the weird sexual vignettes, and then she's, like, lesbians with Lana, and that thing got dropped quick and... Now she's back with the Riot Squad, and now Ruby Riot left, and so now she's on her own. So what's going on here? Uh, You're the wrestling person, not me. What are you, Dominic? You're the basketball person. You're strictly just basketball. I'm basketball and soccer and... Dominic, any uh, hot takes on the NHL playoffs? No. Did you see the absolutely fucking dirty hit? No. Okay, well, someone just like almost died on the ring. No. And no. okay, so Ruby Riot, let's get back to her. Where do you see her going? She's like, I would say she's talented. She never really got a chance, chance to shine. Yeah. But uh, so this is going to be a big opportunity for her to see what she can do. Do you see her? I AEW, 100% see her go to AEW. 100% AEW. 100% AEW. Because they need talented females to boost their division Having one or two people that can put on a great match every time is not enough for a division to succeed. Ruby Riot is that person. Yeah, she's not a Sasha. She's not a Charlotte. She's not a Bailey. She's not a fucking Becky where, okay, holy shit, they're here. But she is talented enough, can put a match together to really bring the division up a notch. And uh, shout out Ruby Riot. TLC was it 2018. She had like the tables match with Natalia. Actually, not that bad of a match. Surprisingly good. So, my, you know, it is Natalia. She's one of the best. But, you know, we, we, we've seen a good Ruby Riot match. She can have those, even though she didn't have that many in WWE. She, yeah, and, that, and that's the thing. It's I, I don't really put any of it on her, so to speak. I put it more on the people she was with and, and the people she was going against. It really fucked her up. Then, finally, Santana Garrett. I mean, enhanced kind of enhancement talent on NXT kind of before her time. You know, she she was she's a little older, but she's still very talented. I don't see her really going to AEW, uh, but because I mean, I think Serena Deeb kind of fills that role. I mean, what do you see Santana Garrett? Do you see her maybe going to like NWA Impact, maybe Ring of Honor? I mean, Ring of Honor, I think, is one of those that I think people don't really talk about for the women's division because the women's division is kind of like so lackluster that they they need like women to fill it out. And I think, you know, Garrett and Ruby could be two good acquisitions for it i think it's a possibility but i feel like she's also the type of person that um you know i i want to say wwe will need a female trainer because i thought they got rid of theirs i can't remember exactly but she she's also at that place in her life where she might just want to train and really help the next wave of talent so if she does go to nwa impact whatever ring of honor great good for her well deserving great talent but I, I see her more as coaching kind of talent now. So I don't know. 
Now we uh, know AEW Dynamite. It's actually going on right now as we speak. It just started, so we will go back in time and we're gonna do a, a quick little double or nothing recap. We don't no- normally do like full fledged pay per view recaps on here, but Dominic, him and the studio audience came on over first time, actually in the Tanguma household for the first time, and I think maybe a year, maybe a little less. But uh, your thoughts overall, Dominic, on a double or nothing? <sighs> If I had to give it a zero out of five, I would probably give it a 3.75. Because one, Leo Rush being the mystery person lackluster, especially when he botched the fucking little move. Terrible. Goodbye, son. Sorry. Jungle Boy winning was great. Um, no, if I'm being real, I thought, I thought, I thought it was a decent, decent show. Um, the inner, inner circle pinnacle match. Settle down, settle down. I thought this was a great show. I think on the, on the other podcast, I might've been a little too harsh on my giving B minus or B plus. I'll give them an A. I thought this was a really good show. Maybe not their best ever, but the crowd with the 5,000 in attendance definitely did up the ante. And there's two matches in particular that really delivered and it was, you know, maybe a tad longer. I got some issues with the main event, but overall spectacular show. And let's uh, start it off with the preview, the pre-show, which Dominic didn't see because I uh, ne- never got a, a full understanding. To, oh yeah. I forgot the uh, studio got stuck in the washing machine. That's why you guys took so long. Right. And we're, we're late to the party. Uh, no, we uh, were late because we were uh, taking care of some personal issues, um, like getting stuck in a in a dryer. No, like I don't. I'll talk to you off air, man. Some okay. serious shit. Okay, kayfabe, kayfabe. The opener opener was Hangman Adam Page taking on Brian Cage, and this was a really good match. You know, kind of fast paced opener. Did I thought fell apart a little bit at the end. The story was Brian didn't want the. Uh, Team Taz to help him out, but then of course Team Taz showed up. Distraction finish. Page beats Cage. Good match. Kind of shitty finish. Overall, you know, decent start, and it really was helped out by the hot crowd. Distraction finish, and you're okay with that? I said good match, good action, shitty finish. Yeah, but I mean, you're you, you sound like it's it's cool. Overall, you know, if I'd give it out of five stars, I'd give it a 3.75. You're a fucking asshole. <laughs> uh, then the Young Bucks defend their tag team titles against John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. And for me, this was my favorite match of the night. I mean, kind of epic in length, maybe a little too epic for this spot on the card, but the crowd was all for it. They were super hot. Kingston and Moxley. Uh, delivered, maybe thinking it was going to be a Styles clash, but I mean, Moxley and Kingston each got a hot tag in. Moxley bleeds early on. Uh, the Young Bucks just kind of spam the golden, whatever, the BTE triggers at the end. Moxley actually is the one that take the pinfall here, so not Kingston, kind of the obvious fall guy. I know you said during the uh, during the show, Dominic, that you're not the biggest fan of Eddie Kingston, but how'd you think of this match? I would probably say Besides the main event, probably match of the night. Um, crowd was hot. Near falls were hot. Moves were hot. <laughs> Moxley is super hot. But 
um, you know, I, I did say I'm not a fan of Kingston. I just feel like he's he he's put in that weird situation where it's like, for example, Samoa Joe, big dude, but yet he can do amazing things. Kingston is big dude. I don't feel like he can do amazing things. I feel like he's there. He can work. He's good on the mic, but don't expect anything crazy from him. Where like I like people like Samoa Joe to where good on the mic can work, but yet he can do a fucking you know, fucking her Kirana enchilada with extra cheese. Hold the sour cream. Yes, exactly. So I'm not saying I want my big guys to fly, but I need them able to fly. I disagree. I think especially with the AW roster, you got so many talented high flyers and, you know, kind of big guys who can fly. Eddie Kingston is, I mean, him and Moxley kind of have the exact same style. So if you like Moxley, why don't you like Kingston? They're kind of almost the same. Does Moxley? I I've it's just be better honest. overall. Yeah, sure. I will that. agree. Okay, I mean, if you got some hot takes, we I mean, we we save spicy Dominic for the wrestling portion, so let it fly. No, no, it's cool. It's cool. All right, then we had the Casino Battle Royale. Uh, Christian Cage starts it off with the Powerhouse Hobbs and some other people. I mean, kind of like lackluster, and nothing really happened in the middle. A Jungle Boy comes out at the end. Or I guess in like the last batch, last foursome, fivesome, foursome, fivesome, fivesome. Uh, then Leo Rush is the wild card, the Joker, whatever the hell they call it there at the end. And Dominic thought it was lackluster, but I thought it was adequate. You're not going to want to put Daniel Bryan or CM Punk in this type of match. I think Leo Rush is like just on like the fringe of being acceptable for this type of match, this type of surprise. Yeah, but it wasn't acceptable. I mean, I thought it was all right. I mean, it was a, okay. Who would have you put if you have, you can just sign anybody to this. Who are you putting in this spot? Jeff Hardy. Realistically. Um, well, you know, they do have like a kind of a weird thing with New Japan. I would have put a big name from New Japan, or I would have put Moose. Because Moose on Impact is going against Kenny Omega, I think, at Slammiversary. So why not put two and two together, have him win that? So then if he loses, he still has his match. You know what I mean? Like, come on. Like- I, okay, for, I remember now. It's all coming back to me where Dominic was adamant that it was going to be Moose. And then when it wasn't Moose, he was a little, little booty tickled. Not booty tickled. It's just kind of like, that's fucking stupid. But okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, something that uh, was not fucking stupid but it wasn't exactly the best thing in the world was cody rhodes the american dream taking on anthony agogo they didn't overstay their welcome 10 minutes or i guess we should back it up jungle boy actually wins the damn thing your thoughts on jungle boy getting the win and he will face kenny omega in two weeks for the title well deserving make your daddy proud yes make your daddy proud uh cody rhodes soon to be father really putting that over big i don't know if that's exactly the best thing to do but uh, he takes on anthony agogo as i said didn't overstay their welcome i think went about like 10 minutes i think it was overall the shortest match of the night crowd was like kind of hot a little bit like at the beginning maybe a little bit too patriotic for my liking uh this was definitely kind of like a come down match and this kind of whole little middle sector was a come down portion. But uh, your thoughts on this match, Dominic? Um, I'll give it to Gogo. He did, I guess, in my opinion, good. Um, I didn't expect him to be doing, you know, 
uh, what's it called? Spanish flies and all this crazy ass shit. But I, I think he held his own. I don't see him doing much. I don't see him winning a title. I don't see him going on a win streak and competing for anything. But um, I think given some more time training, um, he can definitely maybe become something. Yeah, Gogo wasn't, I mean, he wasn't like terrible in the ring by any sense. But I mean, he had like a little bit of flashes. You can see him possibly, you know, getting there, but this wasn't his time. It makes sense for Cody to get the win. He's the much bigger star. Uh, you know, he's got paternity leave imminent. Who knows exactly what he's going to be doing, but I thought it was the right, right move. Didn't overstay their welcome, even though kind of the overall picture of the match was not the best, but uh, moving on, we get Miro defeating Lance Archer for the TNT title, retaining it a good solid, like 10, 12 minute brawl between two beefy boys and Miro ends up getting a win. I love watching beefy boys fucking play with their beefy bodies in the ring. Yeah, you and Biggie, you just love big, beefy men bumping meat. Oh, yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. Then we get uh, the lone women's match on the main card. Britta Baker takes on Hikaru Shida for the AEW Women's Championship, brand new AEW Women's Championship. And Britt Baker gets the win, kind of what everyone expected. I was looking forward to this match to see what they can do because Baker and Shida have had good matches in the past. Baker is, you know, definitely on fire right now, and she came across as a star uh, from the crowd reactions. But I did think this match was a was a bit of a disappointment. Went like 20 minutes and like 16, 15 minutes of it was like, okay, did pick up later, I thought. You get some shenanigans with Reba. And overall, I thought it was like, good but it definitely came under my understandably high expectations you know i i would agree to an extent with that i felt like for maybe this doesn't come off sexist i don't know i felt like for being, cover yours yeah exactly um which I, I i'm not trying to come off like i just feel like this is what i was witnessing at the moment was that they were trying to too hard to make it um, a big deal. You know, if that makes any sense to you, I feel like in the men's match in a men's title match, when it's a singles match like that, you know, there's false finish after false finish after false finish, you know, it just goes on and on and on and on for fucking 30 minutes. I felt like they're doing that in the, this match, which granted to some, they love it because you thought oh, it's over. Oh no, it's not, you know, it's crazy. It's good. It's adrenaline. It's, you're excited and everything, but I felt like I much rather had more. I guess. Um, to be honest, I don't even remember like that many believable near falls. Like maybe one, like when Reba hit Britt with the with the crutch and then the finish. Like it wasn't like a you know epic sixty minute draw where there's go like go back go back and watch it. There is a at least four or five times where people it was like oh it's over and then oh no she kicked out go back to the tape and i'm not saying like they were playing to that but i just thought like for me personally i didn't feel oh, like okay it's like actual like got near, you. near falls got you um but because obviously I, you know you got to get like the one kick out of a finisher yeah and as much as that kills the business i expect that the other thing though too which i don't know if you noticed it but i feel like i felt like it I noticed it and want to talk about it is when she won matches over. 
I feel like she didn't celebrate. And I know, yeah, she's a heel. She's not supposed to be like, yeah, I won. Woo, woo, woo. But being your first. Zack Ryder? Exactly. Being your first technical major title, you're not going to sit there and, and just dangle it over her head and be like, I'm the fucking champion. Instead, you hold it for about a half a second. You walk to Tony Siobhan, hug him, and then walk in into the back. Like, Which how didn't come- make any sense. Like, I understand their quote unquote friend. Well, I mean, Tony thinks they're friends, but doesn't Britt like kind of secretly hate him behind his back? And like, yeah. she cheated to win, and Tony's yeah. so anti cheating. That one didn't make a ton of sense. Kind of too cute by half. But, but you know what I mean? Though it's like, you know, even when I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think of some uh, of, of a heel victory of late that they won a title. Um, Bobby Lashley. Sure. When Bobby Lashley won the WWE title, didn't he celebrate for at least a minute in the ring holding it Hell, up? He's and... still celebrating. Exactly. Why doesn't I don't understand that? Why didn't she hold it up? And I understand if you're not, you don't. I, I'm pretty sure she cried in the back, you know, because it's it's a big deal. But, but we don't want every women's vic title victory to well, look like Charlotte. Well, yeah, I, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying is, you know. You could you could stand in that ring and hold it up and just be a badass motherfucker, hold it up being like I'm there, I'm the one, you know, be be the bad bitch that you are. But how come is it was it her or was it AEW saying like get in and get out? Like we don't need this shit. You know, that that that's that's what stuck out in my head. I understand they had like this big celebration today or whatever, but I feel like you know, being that it was a first major victory, she should have had some time to hold it up over her head and be like, look. I'm 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 the champion. Respect you, you. You say my name, as Roman would say. I could see where you're coming from. The ending, not like the ending of the match, but kind of the aftermath, did seem a tad bit rushed. I mean, this is coming like in the second half of the show. Moxley Bucks did go kind of long, so maybe they were running a little short on time. So they, you know, kind of wanted to to speed things up, you know. And then they had the major announcement. Oh my god! Then we, I mean, did they have a major announcement? I guess they, they, it wasn't a major announcement, but we'll, we'll get to it. We'll cross the bridge when we get there. <sighs> Sting and Darby Allen defeat Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. And this was first uh, Sting's first in-ring physical match in six years. And I thought this was a lot of fun. You know, give the baby faces the win. Don't think Sky and Page are like terribly hurt by any means. And honestly, like, I don't, like, I see they're talented wrestlers. Don't get me wrong. But like, I don't see them being, you know, this marquee tag team by any means. So, the win over you know put the baby faces over sting looked really good i mean diving off of the chips didn't kill himself that's always nice to see you're the sting guy dominic what you think of this best match of the night just no i'm joking um i am surprised sting did as well as he did i'm not saying that i expected him to be shit i expected some rust you know maybe him missing a cue or something like that but i felt like he did he was the constant professional like he is hitting every mark hitting every move clicking all cylinders um, uh, made me proud to be a sting fan. I mean, I think he showed out. I'm not saying I want to see him wrestle on every single pay-per-view, but you know, keep his appearances or wrestling appearances sporadic. And I, I mean, he looked really motivated. It, I, it all just uh, depends on like how he felt physically after the fact, how hard he had to work to get to look that good. Does he want to continue to do that? So I think it's all just up to sting. And it's whatever he wants. If he wants to continue to put his body through this, I think let him have it as long as, you know, the aftermath wasn't too bad for him. I hope he continues to do what he does. And I hope this opens WWE's eyes and, sh- and they go, fuck, 
we could have had a great match with him and Taker. I mean, I don't know about all that, but uh, we get the triple threat match for the AEW men's title. And this was Kenny Omega, Orange Cassidy, and Pac. Pretty much what you would expect with Pac and Kenny doing a lot of the heavy lifting, doing a lot of the athletic wrestling. Uh, Orange Cassidy picking and choosing his spots. This one went on quite a bit, I think about 27 minutes in length. We get uh, not exactly like a distraction screwy finish, but Don Callis comes out. Pack gets uh, decked by all four of Kenny's titles. Then Cassidy comes in with the orange punch almost to get the victory, but then Kenny gets him with a crucifix for the roll-up win. I think this was maybe second for me on best match of the night. Finish wasn't exactly the, you know, I didn't like the finish too, too much on terms of, you know, Kenny and Cassidy, but kind of the belt shots and pack and all that other stuff beforehand. But, uh, you know, really athletic, you know, really fun match. I think they could have pulled off, honestly, Cassidy and, and Omega, making a much shorter match, obviously, but I think they could have done it, which maybe they still will do. We don't know. Well, I, I would agree. It's probably second match for me, too, as well. But um, the thing that killed me was just the fact of, and you kind of alluded to it already, was the multiple title shots. It just, it, I'm not going to say it kind of like, mur- it, uh, not murdered. It didn't kill me in a sense of, you know, like, oh, here we go. He's going to win because of this. But it was just kind of like, to me, I expected that. As soon as I saw Don, I expected him to use all those titles. And it was kind of just like, wow, that's kind of, yeah, I can see why they're doing it. But to me, it was just kind of like, you could have just used the one. Could have got, you know what I mean? So, you know, it, it, it was it was okay, I guess. It was okay. Then we get the big marquee announcement. Oh, marquee so announcement. Uh, they you know, run through Rampage, which is going to be the new show on Friday. And Mark Henry, the newest signing to AEW, he will be a special contributor. Some boy going to get the ass kicked. Yeah, that is the that is the major downfall of this, is that we're not going to hear that awesome 3-6 Mafia song. I mean, I, who, I'm just saying, if Braun Strowman comes back to WWE, they should give him that 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 entrance music. Mm, I don't know about I don't know about all that, but Tony Khan, he's the one out here buying all the rights to these musics. Get Mark Henry a three six mafia song, please. We Damn right, a remix. Can you remix and still have the same lyrics? Like if it's a different beat, can it, can you still have it? I mean, I guess you're Mister Lord guy, so I mean, I mean, I'm. I don't know exactly how all that plays out. Like if they go through, um, I would assume WWE has some sort of like exclusive to where. They're the only wrestling promotion to use that song. But anyways, I mean, <sighs> any thoughts on Mark Henry showing up? I mean, obviously very similar to the big show, but Paul White hasn't really. I mean, he was on the the way in, but for the most part, he's just kind of kept to his, his little show with Tony Schiavone. Yeah, I, I I much rather have Mark Henry on WWE programming than AEW, but I understand why he did it. So good for him. Hope everything works out. I like Mark Henry, Mr. Sexual Tro- Chocolate. Is there a reason or is there like, you know, validity to the Randy Orton legend killer just burying everybody segment on Legends Night of Raw? Pretty much everyone except for Ric Flair, which he's not leaving. All the people he buried in that segment are now over to WWE. Christian, Big Show, and now Mark Henry. Like, do you think, not saying I was like the straw that broke the camel's mm-hmm. back, mm-hmm. but I mean, was that the straw that broke the camel's back? No, I don't think so. Um, 
I feel like Mark in that moment, Mark, Big Show, Christian, all were um, giving back to the business in, the, in a sense. So I'm not going to say it was like, oh, you want me to do that for Randy? Fuck that. Randy, top talent. I think if anybody is given a segment with Randy, you take it. Doesn't matter if you're getting RKO'd, kicked in the dick, kicked in the head, um, smacked, yelled at, whatever. You're taking the fucking segment. So I think it was just them giving back. Mark, um, he, I think he was injured. I think he had something wrong with his leg at the time, if I remember correctly. But um, no, I don't think that was a straw that broke the camel's back. I think it was probably, hey, if you want to stay around, you're taking a way big cut or you can go somewhere else and make the same amount. And I think that's probably what he did. He was just like, you know what? I'll take my chances, see if AEW wants to give me some money. I'll do whatever they want me to do. And they probably just said, hey, we want, you're, you're a smart guy. Let's put you on, the, on commentary. And he's going to do it. Similar to Paul White, he's much more valuable behind the scenes than he is, you know, in the ring or on commentary or anything like that. So it's a good signing. Still, I'm always a little weary about signing so many ex-WWE guys, but just if we're going to go off the big show, he has been used like as a star. So, well, I'm, I'm just saying gonna... if they're going to, if they're going out of the way to sign big show and Mark Henry, these motherfuckers better at least pick up Aleister Black. I don't give a shit, but I will say, you know, Mark, I would probably say Mark Henry's more lovable than the big show. So maybe late down the line, you can do like an angle to where he's on commentary and you give the spot to Henry where he just like stands up to the baby face, like MJF. Like you have, you know, him stand up to MJF. He just keeps running his mouth or in the words of Booker T. I can totally dig that sucker. Then in the main event, we had the stadium stampede featuring MJF, the pinnacle taking on the inner circle. Everyone paired off with their respective partners. And not exactly similar to last year's a lot less comedy, not saying there was any comp. There was like no comedy aspects to it, but it was, I would assume, I don't know if it's all live, but they did battle back into Daly's place, finished live with uh, Jericho and MJF in the stands, Sammy and Spears in the ring. And Sammy actually beat Spears in the ring, kind of a weak finish, to be honest, because, you know, you get the lowest guy on the totem pole doing the job, which we maybe thought was going to happen in war games, but that's not the case. I thought this was kind of an up and down mixed bag. Dominic, uh, what'd you think of Stadium Stampede? Well, I kind of like the fact that they kind of showed bits and pieces and everything. The only thing I didn't care for is the fact that they didn't really show a lot of um, Ortiz and what's his other name? I mean, just the tag teams in general. They didn't yeah, really- exactly. They they kind of had a sprinkle. They had a you know a cup of coffee with that segment, and then they moved on to everything else. Where they gave a, they gave multiple segments with um, uh, Hagger Hagger is that his name Jack Swagger whatever the fuck his name is fucking Hager sorry his, his name is Hager he's a has-been Hager Hager and Warlow Guevara Spears they gave them multiple segments or angles whatever you want to call it but they only gave that one with uh FTR and uh Ortiz and what's his fucking name Santana Santana so it, it's I didn't like that part of it I felt like especially with their were they drinking? Like, was it a drink off or did they fight? I can't was, remember. For some reason, they had a club going on with some people drinking and Conan being the DJ in an empty stadium. Made total sense. Exactly. Conan. Fuck that guy. Anyways. Um, what happens if he's the leader of the L- LWO? 
I will fucking quit wrestling podcasts <laughs> and everything in between it. Fuck that guy. Um, but uh, why, why do we hate Conan so much, Dominic? Because he took the deposit for the that you shoot and didn't no showed him. It's fucked up. And he didn't no show. He no showed. Sorry, oh, he okay. no showed. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, overall, I thought good show. Little weak of an ending, but I think that was kind of with the way Stadium Stampede is. You kind of put in an awkward position. You can't really have it like in the middle or start it off. So it makes sense why they had it in the beginning. Hopefully, they put this thing on ice and. Next year, when we are completely back to normal, God willing, I would say don't do Stadium Stampede for double or nothing. I think you have that whole stadium filled with fans and you have a wrestling match up and you have them going everywhere like they did. That'd be cool. Allegiant Stadium, double or nothing 2022. Fuck yeah, motherfucker. Then let's go on over to the NXT. They started off with a triple threat match for the number one contendership. We thought maybe this was going to be the main event, but it was the kickoff and understandably why, because it finished with a non-finish with a disqualification or a no contest. When Adam Cole returns, we called it, you know, we kind of know what we're talking about from time yeah, to time. Sometimes he, he didn't just target Kyler Riley. He targeted everybody. So we got the NXT special. You get like 20 minutes of really good wrestling with a shit nonsensical finish. You know, it, I, I think it was a good little not showing, but I, I, I liked it. And I like the fact that Adam Cole didn't, you know, hold back against other people. So um, happy Adam Cole baby's back. And he gets let off from uh, with security. And then Ember Moon storms out. Poor, poor William Regal. He had a tough, like, opening half hour to the show. And uh, Ember Moon calls out Raquel Gonzalez. They get into a little bit of a scuffle, or they don't get into a scuffle, but uh, Dakota Kai ambushes Ember Moon from behind. Then they get into the scuffle. And yeah. Once again, security comes out. Uh, William Regal looking like he's going to have an aneurysm. And we will get Ember Moon versus Raquel Gonzalez in a couple weeks at TakeOver in your house. Safe to say Ember loses? I would say so. And then Shotzi comes. What, whatever happened to Shotzi? Did I miss something on last week? Is there a reason why she's gone? Uh, She died. Ooh, R.I.P. R.I.P. in chat. Then Jake Atlas takes on L.A. Knight trying to, uh, you know, can Finn shut the fuck up, please? Uh, L.A. Knight tried to get the admiration, the validity of the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase. He is back in the building. Uh, Get a kind of a distraction finish and Jake Atlas gets the win. So good on Jake. First day of Pride Month. He gets the win. And uh, yeah, so. We get two losers going at it at TakeOver for the million-dollar title or something or another. Who knows? I'm not really excited for that. Um, I think. uh, But I know something that Dominic is excited for because next week, Poppy returns. (laughs) Not trying to be an (laughs) asshole. But why is Poppy like such a big deal for NXT? Like they're always hyping her. She's like the new, uh, you know, it's the new theme song and they hype her ahead of time. Like I, I like her music, but it's not like Poppy is Beyonce. Whoa, hey, watch your fucking mouth. <laughs> Show put, put some respect on her name. All right. I'm just saying Poppy is, you know, NXT is supposed to be like the like the ugly stepchild of WWE. They're supposed to be the ones that are like, oh my God, NXT, ew. 
So that's what's supposed to attract those fans to NXT. And Poppy is the queen of NXT. Queen P? Queen P, baby. Then Cole just, I guess, is able to emerge from security and comes back and he just runs down Karen Cross. He wants a title shot against him. Cross comes out and they go bar for bar. You know, they're shooting on each other, brother, as Adam Cole, who is, I guess, the heel in the situation, uh, you know, calls Cross overrated, saying he's, you know, just a bunch of, you know, the company's giving him everything and he's still trash. And then Karen Cross calls him short, which doesn't exactly, you know, make him a baby face, but I think he is a baby face, but yet, you know, that kind of gives him the wrong type of heat. Uh, your thoughts on the promo in general, where they just kind of went back and forth and the crowd is definitely behind the heel, ba- uh, heel Cole. I'm sorry. I was not paying attention. I'm watching this uh, T-Rex drummer with deformed arms. Uh, he's fucking killing it right now. I'm sorry. Adam Cole and Karen Cross, they were shooting on each other, brother. Fucking dude, you got two top perform. You got, I'm sorry, Roman Reigns, you're not in NXT, but you got the two big dogs of NXT, Cross and Cole, just beating the shit out of each other, just going all out, full gear. Wink, wink. Um, Adam Cole is just fucking lovable, man. He's, I'm going to say it, he's the Stone Cold of NXT. I mean, they definitely have an uphill battle with Adam Cole being a heel. I don't understand why they made him a heel. Just keep him a baby face. And especially, I mean, even against Kyle O'Reilly, he was getting cheered. And so going up against someone like Karrion Cross, he's definitely going to get cheered. He came across and he was making valid points. It's always hard for a heel to get over as a heel when he's like running down the baby face and he's like speaking truth. So, I mean, it was very, you know, quizzical on exactly what the idea was there but this builds up to cross saying i don't care i'll beat all you fools so we're gonna get a fatal five way with karen cross adam cole pete dunn johnny gargano and kyle o'reilly which i guess kyle o'reilly is the only like straightforward baby face but we've talked about how i'm not the biggest fan of this cringy cool kyle gimmick yeah i'm, I'm not a fan of, i mean i'm a fan of kyle o'reilly but right now i'm i'm not digging it he should just go back to Bob with Bobby Fish and be Red Dragon and kick ass in the tag team division forever and ever. So we'll, we'll do a preview, obviously, next week before the show. But you're thank God quick. No, I mean, let's just do it all right now. No, fuck uh, you next week. You said it. Who take because obviously I think we think Cross gets the win. Yeah. But who takes the fall? Because I think every single one of them, you can make an argument for why they should. I think Gargano, I would think, is the obvious one. And I think that's I think it's going to be Kyle. I think it's going to be Kyle just because I feel like he, yeah, he has a lot to gain, but he's not established as everybody else. In my opinion, I think everybody else has, has had a singles title in their hand. So you can't really be like, you don't really want to pin the former champion. You want to pin the nobody's quote unquote. So I think Kyle is the the, the fall guy. Zia Lee is back and she cuts a promo. Uh, with her master or whatever they they called that that lady, and she calls out Mercedes Martinez, so they will have a match at In Your House. I mean, it was fine. I think Mercedes Martinez, the promo she's cut on Zia Lee and other things, I think she's done uh, really good work. So 
nothing nothing too much to say here yeah nothing cool great grand wonderful Kushida defends his cruiserweight championship against the debuting Carmelo Hayes he gets the Zoe Starks treatment as coming in and losing his first match uh your thoughts on the match and uh Carmelo didn't watch it I mean that's just a given but we just expect you to just bullshit your way through it Dominic oh you know Kushida had a great showing uh Carmelo uh you know uh, put up some great offense, some great defense, hit some big moves, and um, you know, came up short. But uh, the Zoe next time, yeah, next time. Thank you, thank you. Great analysis there, Dominica. Speaking of Zoe Stark, she teamed up with Zayda Ramirez to take on Candice LeRae and Indie Wrestling. And the way I get the dub ski, we continue on with the index love triangle, or I guess you can't really call it love triangle because there's only two people involved. I guess Drake Maverick is kind of involved, so that's a triangle, but uh, Indie he's still out. there. Yeah, he, I mean, if you want to talk about it, you know, there was this great segment where they were in the middle of the parking lot because NXT loves parking lot angles where he talked to uh, Hit Row and they're going to set up a tag yeah, title. Yeah, a, yeah, a tag no, match. No, okay. no I'm, I'm, I'm fine. Okay, yada, yada, yada. Then the main event, we get MSK defeating Legado del Fantasma to retain their tag team titles. Bronson Reed gets involved after uh, Santos Pablo Escobar gets involved as well. So because you're feeding with Legado del Fantasma, apparently you are best friends and a good solid match, you know, really good near falls. I think Legado del Fantasma had some, uh, I didn't see them having a shot at winning, but there were some points in this match where I thought they could have pulled it off. Overall, so, a uh, stellar main event. So what you're saying is that's who MSK needs to worry about in the future, taking their tag team titles. Cause right now I don't see any other tag team there that can take them away. And that's kind of the problem with NXT's tag division right now is like everyone's at the same level and there's MSK. So I would assume at Inner House, we're just going to get another multi-tag team match, which... Fucking great. I mean, in-ring-wise, it's kind of chaotic and fun to see, but it's like I kind of want a little bit more. Like the Young Bucks and Moxley and Kingston was so great is because they had a cohesive story behind it. So... Oh, kind of like what I bitch about all the time is the storylines and how they should just really fucking really entice you and want to make you watch it. Mm -hmm. Just like how you really want to watch or listen to this episode of Curveball's Chair Shot. So that'll do it for us for today. Thank you guys very much for tuning in. If you want to follow us, you want to be a part of the show, email us at curveballandcs at gmail.com. Follow us on all the socials, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, uh, LinkedIn, Indie, Pornhub, Pornhub, uh, OnlyFans, anything of that nature. We got all the links down in the description. We got a link tree. So thank y'all very much. Dominic, anything, any lasting words for the people? Um, Would you like to apologize for your earlier statement about Beyonce? Uh, I'm going to say one thing and then you got to, you got to cut, you, we got to, we got to close the show. Okay. Like not, not like this goodbye, good night, McGangbang shit. Like I'm going to say it and you got to fucking just turn it off. Okay. You ready? You, you didn't say no, I'm ready. ready. I'm ready. Okay. I'm ready. Okay. Okay. Fuck Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs>